Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. This morning, we're going to talk about broadening your vision. To broaden your vision. You know, most of us have kind of a personal perspective uh, of what life is about. And we, we may view certain things as important. Other things we may uh, view as negotiable. They're, they're maybe secondary in our minds. And most of the decisions that we, uh, we make are really based on our own vision or our own perspective of what life is about. And, uh, and so because of that, for example, if you would like to, if you're the person that you have a, a vision or, a, or an idea that you want to purchase a home to live in, and many of you may have one, but, but, but maybe that's your thing. You want to have a home. And so because of that, what you're going to do is you're going to put your focus on uh, obtaining the funds, working your job, and all those kind of things to be able to uh, purchase a home so that you can live there. That's having a view for that. You're, you have a vision for that. You want to do something like that. Uh, maybe uh, for you, it's uh, your view or your vision of life is to ma- maybe assist those who are poor, assist those who are in need and are struggling, and you want to be able to give them a hand up, not just a handout, but a hand up so that they can be helped and then uh, move past where they're at uh, and so you want to help those facing poverty. Really, having a vision to help others is a wonderful thing. It, it's, a, it's a good thing. And, and uh, a pleasure is not bad, but sometimes people have the vision that, that everything needs to be about pleasure. They, they want to do this, or they want to do that. And, but, and so their whole focus in life is only pleasure. What gives them joy? And so that's number one, and then they set other things aside because they see this is the thing they like the most. And, uh, and so some allow that to get in their way. But we must broaden our vision to see as our Heavenly Father sees. We have to be able to look at things maybe a little bit differently than we would normally. And we want to be able to see in a way that he sees so that he can work through each and every one of our lives. Uh, Because he has a plan for each of us. And he has a plan to work through each of us. And, And it can be difficult at times because really it forces us to make choices that we wouldn't normally make. It causes us... Uh, maybe to make sacrifices that we wouldn't normally or naturally make on our own, and it causes us to do that. But the fact is, is that we were, uh, we are all, uh, we all have to make those choices, right? We all make different kinds of choices, uh, and following God's vision may require us to do some things that are unusual. It did for uh, Abraham in the Old Covenant. In the Old Testament, we see it. Uh, it also did that for, uh, for Moses as well. You look at Moses. He's just minding his own business. And, and the Lord uh, pulls him out and with a burning bush and says, Hey, buddy, I need to talk to you for a moment. And, and it really shifted his own life, and not just his life, but also uh, for the whole life of the people of Israel at the time. And uh, so God's plans, what we have to remember is God's plans are always bigger than we are. God's plan is bigger than you. 
but God's plan is for you. And that's something that we have to remember. It, it, he has a plan for each of us, but he wants to work in our lives. And his plans usually require us to trust him for some things that we cannot do ourselves, right? It tends to be that way. God challenges us. He encourages us. He gives us direction. And it's even beyond us. And that means we, we may need a miracle, or it could mean we just need to change our perspective. I don't know about you, but I'm always having to change my perspective. I don't know this. Uh, it seems like God gave me this human body. I'm living in this world just like you are. And on a regular basis, I am having to make changes to how I view things. Why? Because I'm a human. I'm a follower of Jesus, but I'm needing his help to be able to guide me in this life. And we all need to be able to change our perspective for Abraham, God sent him off to a land he didn't know to live among a people he didn't grow up with. Uh, maybe you have found yourself in that same kind of situation. If you've ever been married, you know what we're talking about, right? Because when you marry an individual, you don't just marry an individual. Uh, people used to say that, or some would even say that. You marry a family. You marry that individual and that individual's family. That's just a reality of life. And so, uh, so it is the same with us. If, if God promised Abraham a son when his wife wasn't even able to have children, that almost seems mean, doesn't it? Just almost seems to be mean, but God was not trying to torment Abraham and Sarah. Really, he was using that situation or that circumstance to prove himself faithful uh, to them, and that is what he was doing. And in the end, it's God who is going to receive the glory. But on the other side of that, and this is what we miss sometimes, it is God that is going to bless those people who are willing to follow him. And that's really a great thing. Because God turns around and he blesses. And, and, and see, God won't leave you high and dry when you are faithful to his plan. doesn't mean there won't be challenges, but... He won't leave you high and dry. And we need to step back to broaden our vision to see what God sees. And many times believers live not according to the Spirit, but according to the flesh. And what I mean by that, many focus on doing uh, what we can do, but not expecting God's miraculous promise to work in our lives. We need to be able to step out in a way that we're expecting God's promise to work in our lives. And that's challenging for us to do at times, right? But we do have to remember, like that song said, and like Jenna said earlier, here in the power of Christ, I stand. We don't stand in our own ability. We have to stand in His presence, and that is something that each of us must remember. We, we know that we all need to be responsible as followers of Christ, and we have to be going about with the Father's business, and we don't want to be found by our Master doing nothing, just sitting back drinking tea under the under a, uh, an umbrella, right? Uh, we don't want to be that kind of a, a person. We want to be able to follow him faithfully. And there's more to broadening our vision than just serving in and of itself. So we need to open, be open to what God wants to do in the near future. It's about being open to the, those right opportunities when they arrive. And Acts 10, and this is where we're going to look this morning, Acts 10, if you want to turn over there with me, 
Uh, Acts chapter 10, uh, it's a great example of being open to God's opportunities. And we find that here with Cornelius and Peter, the two main characters of this, of this account of what took place in the book of Acts. Uh, in Acts 10, we find this man Cornelius. He's, uh, he's from the city of Caesarea, uh, and, uh, named after Caesar, but he was a, he was a leader in the Roman military. Uh, and he was a person who was really open to God, and, but he was, a, he was a little bit on the fringes. People respected him, uh, but he was still on the fringes. He wasn't fully welcome in the inner circle. Uh, and you have to keep in mind that that was a time of transition in the new church. It was a time of transition. And Cornelius was a devout, God-fearing man who gave to the needy, and he prayed to the Lord on a regular basis but he was a Gentile. He wasn't necessarily accepted by the people of God at that point. Uh, but God wanted to reveal his fullness and his acceptance to Cornelius. And so it's a, it's a key part in the New Testament, a very key uh, uh, account that we find. Even though he was a pretty good guy, it was evident that he didn't know about the forgiveness and redemption that Jesus brought. He didn't realize that. He didn't understand it. And that's why God sent that's why God sent Peter to him, and uh, and so God sent this angel to give Cornelius a message so that he would send his messengers to go and find this guy named Peter. We know guy this guy the fisherman guy, right? And the apostle Peter was in for a surprise of his life. You know the story. Some of you are very familiar with this story, and usually we think about it from the baptism of the Holy Spirit standpoint, but it even goes much deeper than that, although that is part of it there. Uh, we find that, but why don't you read with me Acts chapter 10, verses 9 to 23. Great passage. He says, About noon the following day, they, uh, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while, he, while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Verse 11, he saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let, let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Now, remember, we, we look at this from our day and age. We don't think much about it, but think about it from Peter's standpoint. And then a voice told him in verse 13, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. It is evident that what he saw was considered impure and unclean by the Old Covenant. And so then he says in verse 15, the voice spoke to him a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. So really, these, these words can be somewhat shocking. This vision is somewhat shocking to Peter uh, since Jewish law limited what was called clean, what was allowed for them to eat. And let's go on and look at verse 16 and see what it says. It says, this happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate at the same time. 
And they called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. God's prepping him, right? God is already prepping Peter. He doesn't, he, he's already floored. He's like, Lord, how can this be? Now the Lord is prepping him. Hey, there's some guys here for you coming, coming to see you. And, and he says, so uh, verse 20, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. That's crazy. These Gentile guys who they weren't really supposed to associate with at that point, uh, they have been sent there. God actually sent them himself. And, and, and so here again, this kosher Peter, uh, he's going to uh, go with these Gentile guys, but that was not the norm for them. wasn't the norm. But God was opening the door. Remember, that's the, this is the new church. Even the Apostle Peter had been with Jesus all that time, and even Jesus didn't necessarily go to the Gentiles. You didn't see that very much in the Gospels. And when you did, you found some great challenges there that he brought up. And, and so Peter went down and said to the men, I, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. The, he is a righteous man or he is righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. Respected, but not necessarily accepted. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. That's surprising, too. They just wouldn't have done that like that normally. But God was doing something different. God was revealing that He loves every man, woman, boy, and girl. It doesn't matter what they look like. It does not matter what their language. It doesn't matter what their location. He loves each and every one of them. So, so Peter has to step back a little bit and realize that God has already spoken to him personally, right? And now the Lord, through an angel, has spoken to Cornelius as well. So now God has put them together God was up to something, there is no question about it. And so Peter had a different, difficult time with this vision that God had given him, but when it was fulfilled, he knew that he must follow through with the plan that God has provided. And the vision from God was difficult for the Apostle Peter because God was showing him that the Gentiles were accepted by him. It wasn't only the issue of food. Like sometimes people misunderstand this as they read this. Some think it just was the issue of food, but it was more than that actually. And we find that here. And so some misunderstand that. But sure, Peter complained because he never ate food that was ceremonially unclean. And uh, but, the, but the times had changed, not because time had changed, but because the Lord had adjusted how things were going to work. Christ had come, and he had become the ultimate sacrifice for every person that would put their faith in the Lord. And, and he had come, and, uh, and for, for Peter, and he came for the Gentiles, he came for you and I, for each and every one of us. So in God's view, the issue had become more of an issue of the person in need to hear the gospel. 
And God gave Peter a great opportunity to share the gospel with someone who was influential, who may be able to reach the Romans that Peter uh, never could have reached. Peter was not really the guy to do that, but God used him in this situation. It is interesting that even the Apostle Paul writes the book of Romans to the Roman believers or two because God was doing something. God gave Peter this great opportunity to share the gospel with those and to have an influence in their lives. Sometimes we have a hard time accepting the vision God wants to give us, but we have to learn to broaden our vision. We all do, right? I do. I'm sure you do. We all have to learn to be able to broaden our vision for others around us, and we don't always like to follow through with God's plan because it may take too long. It may take too long. It may cost too much. It may be just too difficult to do, but the reality is when God has set a plan in order, and if we are willing, he will step in that situation and he will make himself plain. That's what he did here. You know, the thing is, is God doesn't do that only for the early church. He is willing to do that for us today in 2021. Did I get that number right? Yeah, isn't that the right? He's willing to do that for us today in the time that we live. And sometimes we have a hard time with that, but we have to remember that when you serve God and follow His vision for your life, He is going to bless you too. He's going to bless you. I think sometimes we just don't believe that because of some of the way we act at times. Uh, yeah, I, I would say I, I'm probably one of the worst offenders of that as well, but we, we all do that at times, don't we? We act a certain way. Well, I don't know if God can do that. Well, the reality is He can do that. He can do what is necessary to make things work. Some years back when we were at our last church that we pastored, I uh, led a small group to Senegal in West Africa. It was, a, it was a new experience for most of them. There was, I think there was one or two members on the team that had been to South America, and uh, so up in, the, up in the mountains there. But uh, this time was their first time for all of them to be able to go into West Africa, French West Africa. And of course, I had been to other French... Uh, speaking countries, and uh, lived about 800 miles plus away from Senegal. Jody actually had lived in Senegal and served there herself. So she was my informant to give us a little bit of information aside from what we read. And uh, there, there, were, there were some surprises there that I hadn't encountered before, but not a lot of surprises for me. But for the others, there were a lot. Uh, because they hadn't experienced that before. And what was so great, it was really a time of blessing uh, because we were able to bless others with our abilities and also some fundings for a new church plant. And that church plant is going well today for the last that I heard. And uh, so, the, the, so we were able to take part in that plant and uh, to help that main pastor and the church uh, they, they were blessed themselves, but we too were blessed. And sometimes some may view a mission like this as a simple transaction of just basically supplying funds or, or to a new project and supplying labor to maybe, maybe to assist them. And sure, it is a transaction like that in some sense. But it's much more than that. 
There's so much more to that because it's God working in the lives of people and God working through the lives of people. And when God is in the mix of what we do, it can make our funds go further and open the doors that we would never be open, able to open. I remember one other time when I went to Cote d'Ivoire, which is uh, east of there, a French-speaking country, uh, uh, just east of there on the Gold Coast, they call it. But I remember going there, and we had, uh, and I, I was there for just a couple weeks at that point. And so I went in, and I got to meet some of the missionaries who were on the field, and I interacted with them. And they said, hey, we had this Muslim man who came to faith. And uh, I said, oh, that's wonderful. And so we talked with them, and he had come to faith in Jesus. And they said, he's kind of struggling because the only songs he has is out of, of French songs, and, uh, but he speaks Hausa. And I said, he speaks Hausa. And that was the language that I learned in West Africa, and I'm not fluent by any means, but I know some songs I can get by. And so here it was, this, this white guy, uh, uh, from able to come over, fly over, and to engage this man and to teach him some uh, songs in his native tongue. That man was one excited person. And I thought to myself, if that was the only reason why I went to that country to help that man who came to faith in Christ, it was worth every bit of it. And I believe that was the work of the Lord. And that's what God does at times. He opens doors we cannot open ourselves and he closes those doors that he needs to close. God is the one. He's the one that does these things. And we he see here Peter struggled with the vision of God, yet he followed through and he questioned God right off the bat. And it, if you know the Old Testament, you understand why, if, why he didn't want to listen to that. Peter knew in his mind that he needed to keep ceremonially, ceremonially clean but because that's the way God set up that sacrificial system and the, and the law of Moses, and that, that, that was the way it was in Israel. But God's plan wasn't man set up, so he needed some clarification. It's much easier for us to look back and say, what's the big deal? You know, we're a couple thousand years down the line, but it was a big deal for this Jewish man who ate kosher. It was a big deal. He was a follower of Jesus. He was one of the leading apostles, one of the big three, Peter, James, and John, if you want to say, right close to Jesus. Yet he is dealing with this because the Lord is opening the door to reach out to people who are not like them. And here we see God opening up this way for the salvation of the Gentiles. As we look back on the situation, we know from the New Testament, the ceremonial cleanness was important for the sacrificial system and to teach God's people what it meant to be holy, what it meant to be set apart, and how to live for Him. And so, But now Jesus has become the ultimate sacrifice for our sin, fulfilling those things. The old sacrificial system doesn't make us pure, but the blood of Christ does when we accept it by faith. even though we must follow him by faith. Now, Peter still had a dilemma. Maybe you have a dilemma yourself. Peter still had this dilemma. It was sitting in front of him of eating these foods, and, but the Lord told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And the Lord said, said to him after he questioned God, he says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. He's basically saying he made it clean. 
also he's saying, I've opened the door here for the Gentiles. But Peter's vision was confirmed when Cornelius' messengers arrived, and Peter had been thinking about the vision, and, and now here the guys come to the very house he's staying at, and this was only part of the miracle of God. It was only part of it. But, but he needed confirmation from God. Have you ever needed confirmation from God? Lord, I need, you know, I think I should go this way, but what should I do here? Yeah. He will give that to us. We open our hearts up to Him. Everybody struggles with God's plans at times. And if God gives you a plan, it will come to pass. He will connect you to the right open door. And you may even have to struggle with God's plan in your own life like Peter did. But with that direction from God, he was able to follow through. You have to remember who actually instigated the plan. See, sometimes we forget that. Who instigated it? God did, didn't he? It was God that gave the vision to Peter. And aside from that, it was God, it was God through the angel that, get, that spoke to Cornelius and revealed this plan there for him. God was doing it on both sides. He's like, okay, we're going to have a party and I'm going to be the host. And, and he put them together. That's what he did. And that's just the way it works. And He will work through your life and He will also bless you as you're willing to follow His will. Have you ever thought about when a sculptor uh, makes, uh, when they cut into a piece of stone, say, say a woman is uh, sculpting a piece of stone and she comes in and she gets her chisel and her hammers out and, and she starts knocking off the big chunks of the stone. She has a vision for what that thing is going to be. And so she keeps knocking those chunks off, and finally, at the very end, she has a beautiful eagle that she has sculpted out of stone. Work, but she, it happened because there was vision. She has to go through all the, the processes to, of sculpting that stone to reveal that final product. And Peter had a vision from God to follow through, and seeing the vision wasn't the difficult part. It was being willing to make that first move and then sticking it out. Peter didn't even see that God, all that God was doing, did he? He didn't see it all. There was a lot of other things behind the scene, and that's, that's, that's the great part. He followed God's plan, and the Lord confirmed that it was good by the small miracles after that confirmation. And Peter was surprised when God's vision uh, 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 blossomed with some amazing fruit. It wasn't long after Peter had been preaching to Cornelius and his friends that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They started speaking in other tongues. We understand that in that passage in chapter 10. And it was God revealing Himself. Another thing, we all, a lot of times we think of this passage as just for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but in reality it's much more than that. Sure, that was part of it. Sure, that was another confirmation of what God did in the, uh, earlier on in the book of Acts. We know that. But also, there was more than that that was taking place. And, and here, Peter knew uh, what that was all about. Because it happened to the 120. They knew what that experience was. And it happened after that as well in other situations. And uh, he knew that the only way that this miraculous speech could have taken place was after that born-again experience. You can see it over in Acts chapter 10, verse 44 and 47. Look at what he says there. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came 
on all who heard the message, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. So what does that say right there? It says the circumcised believers. That means those who are Jewish believers, they were followers of Jesus, they were followers of the Messiah, they were Christians like you and I, but they were circumcised, they were part of the Jewish faith, uh, uh, that was their background, and, and now they were with Peter, just like him, and they were surprised that God would give this gift to Gentiles who were not circumcised Jewish people at that point. And so it goes on and says this here, it says verse 46, so for those that, well, we'll just keep rolling, verse 46, he says, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God, then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. God was saying, hey, I'm confirming this thing. I'm confirming this for all my people. And so here, Peter must have been confused about it because uh, these guys hadn't even been baptized. And I haven't read all the passage, otherwise we'd be here all day, but... Uh, but, but it seems that even the fact that they weren't Jewish had overshadowed Peter's mind. How could God bless a Gentile? You know, how could he do that? But he did, and, and, and Peter broadened his vision, and that, this is what he said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. Miraculous fruit is something that God provides. It's something that we that he produces out of obedience and out of the, his unique plan for each individual. It's it's different in every person, in every occasion and circumstance. But one thing is for sure that when you see the fruit, you know it is from God. There, there's an assurance in your heart. And later on, Peter was challenged by Paul because even Peter lost his vision after this. Here, really, Peter was the first one to really preach the gospel to the Gentiles from what we can tell, and, and, and he's done that, and God used this in this miracle situation, but Peter at one point had lost his vision, and he had returned to living like he had before with how he ate and who he sat with and who he ate with, and then he, and he tried to stay away from those so he wouldn't be tainted, or he was under peer pressure from others to do that. And here Peter was one of the first of those apostles to reach out like this. That we have to be willing to keep our vision broad. We must be willing as followers of Jesus to do that. Otherwise, we, we fall into that camp of us four and no more. Uh, and I know that's kind of a modern saying or... But, but it's uh, kind of an old saying, but, but the fact is, is we have to make sure that we are open to what God wants to do in the lives of every person around us. They may not look like us, may not smell like us, may not act like us, and there's many different kinds of people we have. But we must be open to allow God to work in the lives of people who are like us and who are not like us, who have a similar background and their background is different. Some people have lost their vision for others and they forgot what it was like to reach out with the compassion of Jesus. They forgot what it was like to love people outside of their family bounds. Others have forgotten what it's like to be a person with a vision. Their vision has grown dim. Sometimes we can lose our vision and not even know it. Isn't that 
possible. We can all do that. That's what happened with Peter. It's what happened with him later on. Not in this situation, but it did happen. And that's why Paul called him on the carpet for it. You know, we all remember that. The the uh, we, Well, we weren't there when the Titanic went down, right? If you were, don't raise your hand. If you were, I'd be very surprised. <laughs> uh, but when that ship went down, the captain's thinking, you know, this thing, it's impenetrable. It doesn't matter the, the, with the way the tanks were and everything. Nothing, nothing's going to sink this thing. And so when they started taking on water, he's like, ah, don't worry, guys, it's going to be fine. And he did that for a while uh, and, until the, the water got into the ankle deep in the mail room. He's like, we got a problem. Now, there were other ships available. And they actually, if they would have called them in time, they would have been able to get those people off of there. And they probably would have been safe. And, you know, there's a twin ship just like that. I can't remember the name of it. They built two of them just like that, and they sent them out on the sea. But, uh, and uh, the ship didn't make it. It went down, and so many people's lives were lost. Why? Because they wouldn't believe the fact that this thing really could sink like it, like it did. And they could have called those other ships in to help them. Many of us think our vision is intact, and maybe it is to some level. But here's the problem. We need to be able to see as God sees. We need to recognize where we are at as individuals, as we are as a body, and we need to be able to see the vision of God. Peter could have ignored this great opportunity to go and share the gospel to Cornelius and the Romans. He could have done that, but he chose to broaden his vision. And what happened? God came through. God came through. God stepped into the scene and he came through. And as we wrap this up this morning, I, 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 some of you may, you may have lost your vision. You, you may have lost your perspective, you know, with all the stuff that we've had happening in this last year, right? It is easy to lose our vision. With all the things that have happened around us in our world today, it's easy to lose our vision, but we must come back. We must step back to standing on Christ alone. We must recognize that He is our rock. And, and, and some of us may not even notice that we've lost our vision, but you, you, have to, you have to be able to step back and recognize that the Lord has a plan for each and every one of us. It's great, but maybe you haven't stopped. You say, well, I've never stopped praying. I've never stopped serving. I'm still serving the Lord. But you may have to step back and say, that doesn't mean my vision is broad enough. For some, the problem is, is when the Lord places a desire in your heart to pray, you may ignore it. Don't do that. If you lose that sensitivity, sensitivity, Get back to the place where you get a hold of that again and engage with the Lord and allow the Lord to work in your life and through your life. Go to the next level. Allow the Lord to take you to the next level than where you are now. The only way to get back to that sensitivity is through prayer and the willingness to be able to open up our hearts and our minds to our Lord. He wants to work through our lives. He wants to work through us. I believe we're going to start opening, as Pastor Jenna mentioned, we're going to do so, or start opening some things up more and more. That means we're going to have to have people who are volunteering again. 
And I know for some, hey, it's a little iffy for some. I understand some may be that way, but some may not. And, and we, as we start opening, we're going to see people come. And we're going to have to serve them and minister to them. Some may look like it, some may not look like it. But we need to take that open door that God gives us to reach out to the world that we are living in because He loves every person. Doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter where their background is. Will you stand with me this morning? And today... Take this time to take back the vision that God has put in your heart and to follow Him. May the Lord help you to grab a hold of that vision that He has to work in your life and through the life of the body of Christ. Because we are the body, aren't we? He has a plan and His vision is bigger than us. It's broader than us. Let's open our hearts to Him this morning. Father, we ask you to help us as we broaden our vision this morning. Lord, as we, you have challenged us with your word through, through Peter and Cornelius and what they went through, Father God, help us, Lord, to yield our hearts. Help us to yield our minds to you so that you may speak into our lives. Father God, may we be willing to be the people that you have called us to be so that you may do the work that you have called us to do. Father, you will meet us. We believe it. You will meet us. We yield ourselves to you, Father, that you may work in us, that you may work through our lives, and that you will bless your name throughout eternity. In Jesus' name.